Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I am joined by Jamie. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am great. How are you? I am fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So today, we are finally discussing a longer series or longer season of a series i guess on on netflix um so we're going to talk about season one of the netflix original sense eight and i think that came out in 2015 is that accurate something like that yeah imdb anyways but um so it's, it's a bit longer it's 12 episodes they run 45 to 50 minutes each um so you know if you want to if you want to watch the whole thing like like we did you kind of have to set aside a few days to do it yeah. <laughs> but we managed to get through all of them so yeah yes yay and um, uh since this is your first time watching it i'm curious to see what your summary of the show would be what's this about <laughs> All right, so uh, a simple, there, there is no simple summary for this show. <laughs> but, like the basic outline of it is that eight people from all different walks of life around the globe, like one day are, are activated, I guess, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and realize that they are kind of like psychically connected to one another. Um, and like the reasoning and the show behind it is that they have some sort of genetic mutation making this happen, but they don't realize it at birth. They realize it like later on in life all at the same time. Yes. Um, and, you know, th- they're shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed like um, a pretty good overview. Yeah. And uh, the main, I guess, one of the main plot points is that we learn that there's an organization hunting sort of, them. yeah, semi-led by another sensei who's hunting. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't, that never made sense to me through the whole season. Like, he is a sensei, yeah. but he is also killing other sensei, so. Yeah. And so. <laughs> I that. Does that ever become clear in the next season? <laughs> it'll become more clear in the next season. But yeah, so just for everyone who's listening, we're talking about Whispers, a.k.a. Dr. Matheson, a.k.a. Dr. Ellis or something he goes by. He has a number yeah. of aliases, but um, but yeah. So Whispers is basically a hunter, and he is after currently our dear sensates. Yeah. So okay, I have a lot of questions okay. about Whispers. <laughs> yeah, this will help our discussion. Okay, so it seems to me that like the what they always the, what they're told by, I don't know their father figure through the, the series is to never Jonas. look Whispers in the eye yeah. because like that's how whispers hunts um but why is it that all he needs is like eye contact in order to like know everything about them but like they looked in his eyes and they can't like know everything about him so like why is there only like a one-way connection there (laughs) is he some sort of like sensate god (laughs) (laughs) uh the answer to that is that there is not just a one-way connection Oh, well, look at that. You don't see that in season one. We don't. Um, So it does seem like that. But uh, an important thing to realize and part of like the fun and confusion of the first season comes from the fact that none of them know how to control any of the things that are happening to them because it's so new. Right. So they don't know how they still don't even know how to reach out to each other. Right. Uh, So like 
for someone watching it for the first time, um, if you, our dear listeners, decide to do it, the first few episodes are confusing as fuck. And <laughs> 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 it's filmed that way intentionally to kind of, I think, put you in the mindset of the characters who are like suddenly like experiencing eight other well seven other people's lives and like how confusing that would be as like an adult who's lived you know the first 30 years of your life without that connection (laughs) to like suddenly have it you know um i don't know how old they're all actually supposed to be i'm not sure either probably around that age um so like it so i i tried taking notes um on like when i was watching it for for the podcast for like the first two and a half to three episodes and i eventually just gave up because i every line i was writing was like proving itself wrong in the next episode and <laughs> i was like none of the notes i wrote for the first episode are even relevant anymore so yeah. uh, i just kind of gave up and but it does like get clearer as the season goes on and you can like you start to see their full like backstories their whole lives kind of thing instead of just getting like random snippets and bits from it um so stick with it it's definitely interesting the, the confusion wasn't deterring at all um it's done in a very interesting way but just yeah. to be confused <laughs> right yeah no it's totally normal and i think as you were saying that that's part of the the point of it is to make it confusing because we as as the watchers of the show know that they have this connection as soon as Angelica, quote, births them. Um, right. Because we see her flash before all eight of them, and then we know that somehow they're tied through her. Uh, and, yeah, it does become clearer. Um, but the cool thing about the show, too, is that, you know, each person basically is going through their own, well, yeah, I guess in a way, each person is going through their own storyline. So you're able to at yeah. least be like, okay, we're back on Riley. I know that Riley was doing things with drugs, and now she's right. trying to not get killed, and now she's going to ice. Like, oh my god, every character on this show is trying to not get killed. Like, <laughs> like who? Why are everybody living such dangerous lives? Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the only person who's not trying to get killed is Kala. Probably is Kala. Yeah. Kala is like there when other people are trying to get killed oh, yeah. <laughs> or not trying to, but almost killed. But, yes. uh, but yeah, I guess Will's not really at the beginning trying, no one's, well, I guess aside from like his normal day-to-day job as a cop, he's not in too much danger of being killed by anyone. No. But he plays more of the role of like the he seems savior like he, in a way. He becomes kind of like... I don't want to say the most important because I don't think that any of them really have an importance above the other, but mm-hmm. he, I don't know, the main protagonist possibly because he's the one at the end of the season who makes eye contact with Whispers. So, you know, there's yeah. definitely going to be shit with that in the next season. I'm oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure, I, don't, I don't want you to tell me if I'm right, but I'm picturing like next season they're just going to have like the other seven senseis are just going to have like Will locked in a room with no windows and they're not going to tell <laughs> Or what their plan is, so that whispers won't know what's going on. Something is going to have to happen because, yeah, whispers can visit him freely, so he'll see everything he sees and hear what he hears. I think, and, like, and I think he needs to learn of like a way to block that, you know, instead mm-hmm. of just like, well, you can kill yourself, or you can live in a room with no windows for the rest of your life. Right. Or third option, <laughs> we figure out how to how to block it. That's where I think season two is going. Yeah. But. Yeah, we'll see. Um, that's a that's the thing about like the yeah, because it, it, it's pretty much made. The point is made by s- mostly Ursa, I guess, and 
a combination of Jonas and Angelica in a way. Um, are all, all three of them are kind of at certain points telling different people to kill themselves, mostly Riley. But <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, so it's it's it would seem that those people at least are unsure of another means of of preventing it from yeah. you know well, becoming yeah, an issue. Like, you wouldn't have thought that if you know well yeah like if Angelica had known a way of blocking whispers she probably wouldn't have killed herself but perhaps other people or other sensates have you know figured out a way in the past so right and well we know that uh, in a way Angelica was avoiding whispers for a while because. Um, you know, when he finally finds her at the fir- in the first episode, we realize that she'd been taking drugs the whole time. And so he kind of like looks through the drugs. And he's like, ah, so this is how you were hiding from me. Right. Which is confusing at first for somebody else, like somebody who hasn't seen it before. I thought like he was just talking about the room with the mattress. Yeah. <laughs> You've been hiding from me in this room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first episode is like, it's kind of interesting because it sets the tone as like extremely serious because, you know, Angelica uh, kills herself in the very beginning. Right. Um, but it, it does have like lighter notes and, you know, some fun, I should say. There's some, there's some good like quipping back and forth between yeah. the characters and the whole, the whole like idea that the characters could fall in love with one another when they're essentially like the same being is odd to me. <laughs> Yeah, but. I mean, it's it's kind of made up. We, we get the feeling that Angelica and Jonas, too, were um, lovers in a way. And then we see this happening between Will and Riley and Kala and Wolfgang. Those are pretty much the only people who are falling in love with each other, I guess. That's still well, half the cluster. But it's kind of interesting that, you know, even even those who are, are sensate, see issue with that because Jonas obviously doesn't because he and Angelica were together but at one point Ursa who we find out told Riley that she was hexed and made her believe she was an elf yeah. <laughs> uh, told her that love inside a cluster is pathological and it's the worst kind of narcissism well so, I don't know why she would like I don't get that like the whole idea that it's narcissistic but like I can see why it would be very destructive <laughs> to the group to you know have you know two of, of the sunsets be in love like that would be weird yeah can you imagine though like I mean and this this uh, series is no is not shy of sex scenes we've not seen oh, the last God. of those um <laughs> it's but like if, almost porn <laughs> right but can you imagine like first of all it must be so interesting and strange to be on like the part of like feeling the emotions from your cluster. So say like, you know, we see an example of Nomi and Amanita having sex. And at the very beginning, it confuses Leto because he has like a raging boner and doesn't know why. (laughs) And then he's rubbing against the wall, which I don't think people do, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't don't know if that's, he was trying to to scratch a certain itch, but I don't think it was a literal itch, but. Um, but yeah, so imagine that happening, but then... <laughs> he, is, he is like a soap opera star after all. Yeah. But then also the fact that once you're in a relationship, like, when Will, like, even when Will and Riley, when he touches her for the first time, when she's sort of passed out, things yeah. are kind of crazy because they're, like, both literally feeling each other's hands on each other, but also... <laughs> sensate feeling each other so it's like this overwhelming craziness so i mean 
sex must be insane. I don't know. But. Can you imagine what it would do to the rest of the cluster? <laughs> if two of its members were physically having sex, like every other person would experience that twice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, maybe they'd all be really into it. <laughs> I mean, maybe it would be great. <laughs> well, that kind of brings on the question too. And I think Nomi sort of brought this up before she, well, I don't, they, none of them really fully realize what's happening, but before right. she knew more, she was kind of like, is this something that I will eventually be able to control or is it just a slow process of me losing my meanness right. and becoming a mass, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of begs the question of like, when they learn to control things better, is that is that like a feeling maybe you would recognize as happening, but then you're able to like- Kind of shut it down. Yeah, shut it down for yourself in I a would way. <laughs> I would hope so too, because that could be inopportune in a number of ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, even just like look at Lido on set when he's like really feeling sun that day when yeah. she's got like, cramps and he's convinced that he has like a cancerous tumor growing in his stomach because he's experiencing <laughs> menstrual cramps for the first time, <laughs> which just made me really laugh a lot. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He's like calling Hernando. Yeah. <laughs> in tears and screaming at everyone in the street and <laughs> yeah, running that- into a car. So, you know, it already, especially I think it shows in Lido in his life, in his line of work, like how inconveniencing experiencing like emotions from the other sense they are when you're trying to be like an actor already pretending to be something <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's true. And well, also just imagine like Kala, who works in pharmaceutical, like imagine if she's like mixing chemicals one day and people yeah. are just like fucking in the distance. She's going to like... <laughs> knock her arms or something and blow herself up <laughs> well i feel like once she if she ever marries the person that that guy she's like betrothed to, she yeah. be like allowed to work anymore <laughs> i don't know so like let's talk about kala and rajan because okay. they're not like betrothed in a sense because it's not arranged at all well, right it's a good. quote love marriage yeah and it's interesting because at the very beginning, you can tell that Kala felt like decided to marry him almost out of, out of like a cultural obligation, it seems, yeah. because to her God, even she, you know, keeps saying, I, I don't love him. What should I do? I don't know if I should be doing this, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, the sense that she's doing it because when Rajan like proposed to her, it made her family so happy. It, like the idea that she would marry, cause he's like comes from like a wealthier family. So like the idea that she would marry him made everyone in her family so happy. So she kind of just agreed for that reason. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, as she gets to, you know, after the wedding fails, um, because you know, she's <laughs> because, you know, looking, shows up naked. <laughs> I know. And I like that after the aftermath of that, where he's like, well, you wouldn't have looked if you didn't, if you weren't interested. Or, and you could see like at the time her eyes go big and she like passes out. I disagree with that. If somebody just shows up in my room naked, I'm going to look regardless of whether or not I'm interested. True. True. I like also that she just, like with, when he becomes suggestive, she calls him a demon. And she's like, yeah. you are a demon. You are a demon. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so for Rajan after that, like Kala and Rajan actually seem to have a chance to talk about life and about things. Right. And she begins to realize, I think, that he's more open to, he's more, because his father maybe is on a more um, modern path, it makes him less traditional as well. 
And right. so he's kind of open to everything that they're discussing, right? So he's, you know, he talks about how, you know, her grandmother, her great grandmother, uh, wouldn't have gotten the recognition she deserved today because she was a woman. And like, you know, he starts talking about a lot of modern ideals, which I yeah. think interests her. And you, you slowly, I think, see Kala, in my opinion, Kala begin to fall in love with Rajan, even though it's clear that she has this deep connection with Wolfgang as well. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, we'll see in, in season two if anything happens with Colin Rajan, but... Yeah, it seemed to me, like, at this point, anyways, love would be a strong word to describe. Maybe just, like, respect or, yeah. you know, resignation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, the acknowledgement that he's not a terrible person or anything, you know, just the fact that, you know, she doesn't love him, but maybe she could grow to love him kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, is kind of where I see her at with this. And then also finding out that like Wolfgang is just like a, a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's killing people for good reasons, but he's also killed a lot of people. I think, you know, kind of put her off a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> and he's telling her too, like, this is the reason you need to marry him. Like, yeah, don't be know. with me. I'm, I'm destructive and my life is really fucked up. <laughs> Okay, yeah, how is his life even possible? Like, him and Van Damme, um, what's his actual name? Caffius. Caffius, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Son, all of them kill a lot of people without any consequences. <laughs> <laughs> well, Son isn't killing anyone except oh, when she's okay. when she's um, sharing with the others. <laughs> with Van Damme there, yeah, mostly. Yeah. But, like, Van Damme, I can understand his situation being less, like, lax with police, but I feel like Wolfgang lives in Germany. There should be some consequences for having a gun that shoots bombs and blows up cars. (laughs) (laughs) You should, like, not have to worry about the authorities in that situation. Well, I think it's also meant to be clear. And he's a white man, so. Well, that too, but it's also meant to be clear that Wolfgang and his family are part of essentially the mafia. You know, and so I think in another way, like maybe police don't intervene because how can they? Like they would just, you know, it's it's a futile sort of effort. Mindset of like let them kill each other off, (laughs) which they do a good job of. You know, they do. Wolfgang does a great job of killing off most everybody he knows. (laughs) That's the thing, and like I, I, this kind of brings me to the point that while a lot of the things that happen in the show are sort of like feasible if you sort of accept the the sensate sharing things we do have a number of like action movie scenes and (laughs) that are just completely over the top but part of that being wolfgang blowing up his cousin's car with a what is that a bazooka or a grenade launcher i don't know something like that yeah i I almost called it a flamethrower but it's definitely (laughs) definitely not that but um there's that scene there's the scene when Caffius takes over driving for Nomi and they fly over a cop car and like manage to get out. Yeah. And like every situation that Van Damme manages oh, to yeah. get into is just like absurd. Even if you assume that Sun is there, the idea that she would be able to dodge bullets from machine yep. guns while kill everybody in the room is absurd. <laughs> yeah, dodge bullets from machine guns and then also use the Van Damme to swing around and knock someone off their motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was all just um, Caffius doing It was, that, too. But I'm like, this is just 
over the top, but... And, and, like, they were almost, like, I know they tried it when they're showing um, Lido's scenes and, like, his his recordings being, like, over the top and soap opera actory, you know, like, they're trying to yeah. make fun of them. And at the same time, their action scenes are almost <laughs> just as absurd. So. I know. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It really is. But aside from that, I think it's uh, it's pretty tame. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's got some action, it's got some sex, you know. It does. <laughs> it definitely does. Um, but yeah. Yes. Um, Let's see. Who, who's your favorite character? Like, just if you can do it just based on season one. Mm, that's tough. Who's yours? I. I kind of think it's a toss-up between Nomi and Kala. I like yeah. storylines a lot. Um, yeah, Kala. Uh, I, Kala, I really like Nomi. Is you know what's that? <laughs> the two most tame storylines. <laughs> they really are, but I, I. It's, it's funny that you know the the group had to have someone who was like an ultimate hacker. I like. <laughs> they definitely have like. I mean, I understand that the sensates are supposed to be. You know, each cluster is supposed to be well-rounded, essentially, so that you can, you know, each benefit and... and How would you know that? At, like, Because it says that at birth, you know, like, they're linked, even though they don't realize it. Right. So, like, at birth, would there be any way of knowing that they're going to be that different, that well, well-rounded, I suppose? I but. guess that's true. I guess that's just part of the magic of sensei um, <laughs> it's like of course you had to have someone who was a computer hacker of course you had to had to have someone who was a martial arts master and um, someone who's like really into guns and blowing shit up <laughs> yeah and then you have a cop. <laughs> a cop an actor who can lie easily yeah i don't really know what riley brings to the table but yeah besides <laughs> <sadness> and despair <laughs> right <laughs> tbd <laughs> dj skills for sure I guess she's the artsy one. She is, but, you know. (laughs) And uh, who else? Uh, Kala, she brings um, balance, probably. And (laughs) she'll also bring, uh, potentially, her pharmaceutical skills. Well, she made a bomb out of them somehow. She did, yeah. She made a bomb, which was... I don't know that that is uh, possible. I'm not sure either. We'd have to try out how to... (laughs) We'd have to... She put in, like, some curry and paprika. (laughs) I know. Out there. I'd be to see if that was like, I mean, obviously, like lighting a bunch of household chemicals on fire would probably cause somewhat of an explosion. I wonder if it's supposed to be like um, a combination, if it's supposed to act like pepper spray or something. So when it explodes, it also like leaves residue in the air that bothers you. I don't know. I mean, what would be the point of that? She killed them all. <laughs> well, maybe she wasn't sure. <laughs> maybe she didn't know they would all die. I don't know. But, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting interesting aspect well the whole show is an interesting aspect (laughs) yeah it really is so like okay the the reasoning that they give for the state being in existence is that there's some sort of like genetic mutation you know one you know they talk about how like one chromosome can you know be the difference between walking on four legs and walking on two legs so like the implication that is just that there's a small kind of genetic quirk that makes the sensate be able to connect into this psychic realm of, you know, other people, basically. Mm-hmm. I just think that that is a bizarre explanation. <laughs> well, the explanation that Jonas gives is that they don't really know, but they, his, his father, which I thought was interesting that they make a point of saying that 
it's not only female sensates who can birth a cluster, it's also male sensates because his clusters has a father, not a mother like Angelica. But I think what he said more so was that in the beginning, they thought that everyone was sensate. And so that was the original human and that they were able to have this link and connection, which basically, you know, brought empathy because um, at one point he says something like killing is easy when you can't feel anything. And so whereas if you're a sensei and you die, you experience your the death as well. right? Right. And Ursa says that, too, at one point that part of why she didn't want children is because she, you know, didn't want the child to be like her. And also she'd felt death. And the pain of death through her cluster or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I, so I think that what he was trying to imply is that humans were the genetic mutation where they lost that connection. Oh, that is interesting. And so that, you know, now that's why people are sort of, you know, uncaring and <laughs> can kill willingly and things like that. Like almost, yeah, human evolved away from that connection so that they could be more violent. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay okay i mean i don't know <laughs> i don't know if anyone knows you know the science behind it but well i okay i just I, I just i guess i misunderstood that a little bit but yeah that makes yeah. more sense yeah so i mean i think it's an interesting point um but uh yeah and then the, they had to go into hiding i guess because they did slowly become the minority of people or maybe right. they, maybe they didn't and we don't know but yeah, I feel like they had to go into hiding because one of them decided he just wanted to kill all the rest of them for reasons. well in current times yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's an entire organization that's out to to get sensates it would make sense to me if the person hunting them was not sensate but it just was like a group that knew about them and had ways of tracking them like that would make more sense to me like you know, the government just wanted to get rid of these anomalies yeah. but like the fact that he is also sensate it just baffles me <laughs> i think that i think that part of the tracking is it, it, i mean we'll find out more about whispers intentions and motives in season two but i think also this organization is probably smart in somehow getting someone who is sensate to track because you know even if you sort of like like the moment you lock eyes with someone you would know that they're sensate so that way it probably makes hunting them a lot easier because imagine standing in a crowd and you just sort of like you know how you sometimes randomly like look around and link eyes with someone like it'd be a pretty effective way of like pointing people out in a crowd as long as they were also looking at you Right, um, but it's true that you know the organization itself, and maybe we don't see this part of the organization, but they could also just look at birth records because we know that all of them, even before their cluster birth, like their second birth or whatever, they're all born at the exact same moment. Right, because right? every the first breath they take is together. So you could look at birth records and be like, these eight people were born on the same day at the same time. Yeah. Like. Not necessarily, like, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the world who are born at the same True. day at the same time who, you know, wouldn't have that connection, perhaps, you know. True. And you also but, wouldn't know, like, presumably people can be born sensei and not be second birthed, you know? Right. Like, if yeah, someone that... doesn't choose, I don't know if Angelica had control over birthing a cluster if she chose to or how that works, but. Oh, yeah, me neither. I don't understand anything about what she did that activated them (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) but she also did say or jonah said or one of them said at one point that 
it was like the point of it was to give them a chance. So I, I guess maybe they can effectively. Well, and this brings me to the point too of Sarah Patrell, which is that girl, the little girl okay. that Will saw. Saw and in quotes, she's like was killed by somebody. Um, right, and it makes it look like she was killed by whispers, or unless that's just his mapping whispers onto him. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Like they kind of you see that flash of like him seeing somebody's head getting cut open. Yeah, and, and like presumably you're seeing like he is seeing the girl getting her head cut open for like you know maybe the lobotomy procedure or whatever. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's all unclear. It's <laughs> so, un- like <laughs> yeah, it's unclear, and it's also kind of like. Are we, are we meant to assume that, like, sensates are so rare that they rarely come in contact with each other, and that even if you're not, quote, birthed, you can still make connections with them and then, quote, visit them? Maybe. Or is he seeing just her ghost? Like, is part of Will's being that he's, like, a medium? I don't know. I don't I feel like the, the first part is more likely because we have... Like Riley also has, you know, an experience with a sensei as a child. She doesn't realize it, you know, at the time. Oh, true. Them who are, are somehow experiencing supernatural things as children before they've been rebirthed as sensei. So it does kind of seem that, like, even before you are aware of your cluster, you would be able to have a psychic connection with somebody else who was sensei even as a kid. Oh, yeah, that just, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Does it? Does it does. It? Good point. I do, I mean, I yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah, because that that's like that is what happened with Riley. Was it is. Right, yeah. Yeah. That other woman came and like visited her after she realized what she was. Yeah, visitor told her she was hexed, and then she blamed herself for her mother's death, and then Magnus and Luna's deaths. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a great situation. <laughs> oh, it's so tragic. Oh, oh my man. god life is just so sad like that's all it is is sadness (laughs) that's the thing and we learned that you know we we're presented to riley as this sort of like quiet dj who does a shit ton of drugs (laughs) and you know she's basically the druggie of the group yeah and you know we come to find out that basically that's just been an escape from everything that happened in in iceland and she you know fled after that because presumably you know despite the fact of being told she was hexed when her mother you know before her mother died when she was quite young um, she stuck around up until their deaths which probably reinforced her idea that she was hexed right like i think her her mother died when she was young like 11 or something i don't know that so she couldn't have left at that point because right But yeah, uh, and like, uh, why was her husband driving like a crazed lunatic in a blizzard? Like, I know. <laughs> oh my god, that was like the worst decision possible. I know. I guess they well, they had said that they had um, apparently had a midwife, and that didn't go well, so they were rushing to the hospital. But oh, it would have just—it would have been better if he just delivered the baby in the back seat of the car and right. then drove her afterwards. <laughs> I know. Instead, she uh, had to, you know deliver the baby herself in the freezing cold and then presumably uh-huh. the baby either probably just froze to dust yeah so just she died. Was alive when she gave birth to it because it cries a little bit yeah but presumably like her it just froze to death and there wasn't enough warmth yeah that's sad. so sad <gasps> um, it is interesting though that 
even memories can trigger things for the sensates as well. Because when Will's driving Riley into the mountains and she starts flipping out and like having flashbacks, he's pregnant for a moment. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> a little bit of really there, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh man, it's so sad at, at that, like the last episode too, when she's just like, wants to die on the mountain, right? I know, yeah. And she's like, it's okay, well, I was supposed to die here or something. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you need, like, I know that, you know, somewhere in you I can feel that, you know, that I love you and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. luckily they're able to get out. Yeah, luckily she comes to her senses and escapes. <laughs> yeah, which gives me, like, oh, that la- that ending scene is perfection, where they're on the boat and they have yeah. the cigarette song playing. And then, yeah. like, you see, it's like, one of the moment, few moments when they're all together, at, I think it's the first time actually they're, oh no, they were together too when Riley tried to kill herself, but they, yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah but when they're all just sitting there on the boat together, I was like, oh. Is that is that what you assume happens at the opera? Is that Riley tries to kill herself there? At the, which point? At the opera where she's listening to Oh no, to no, 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 not at the opera. Oh, you're right though, the opera is another great, great scene where they all... <laughs> They're all there together too, like experiencing each other's physical birth. Yeah. No, I don't know what happened. I, I guess. I don't like, know. almost like she just has a really bad nosebleed from all of this and then faints yeah. and ends up in the hospital is kind of what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. And then they find out that she's um, has an abnormality, quote, quote, and then is sent right. to BPO and. <laughs> Because these these sensates can't seem to resist getting in situations that are going to require them to have brain scans. <laughs> right. <laughs> you sure. know, the only thing that will allow um, whispers to learn about where the sensates are <laughs> is, is a brain scan. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. No, but I just love that scene at the end when they're all there. And it's cool, too, because it does the panning thing. And, like, when it comes around the other side of the boat, they're not there. Because yeah. they're all in their minds. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. Um, speaking she squirrels that will off to leave him in a cave somewhere. On a deserted island, so he'll have no idea what's happening. <laughs> Blindfolded with earplugs. <laughs> Just keep him doped up until you get him there and then leave him <laughs> a year's supply of food and come back for him later. Like, we'll solve this sometime. Bye. You can't know anything about it in the meantime. <laughs> right. And we can't stay in Iceland. Bye. <laughs> Um, I, I did have a, a, a question that maybe you had some thoughts on. So we do have the scene at BPO when Riley, you know, coaxed by Ursa, pulls the gun off the, off the guard and almost, and threatens basically to to kill herself. And in that moment, you, you know, we do the pan and all of them are there and Will comes up to her and tells her like, I'm on my way. Don't do this. Right. And so we have all of them there at that moment. But after Lido and Hernando break up, he's in the bathtub with that um, gun that turns out to be a lighter. Yeah. But after he clicks it and it lights, he's, he's like, it's a fake. My but life is fake. But yeah. are we to assume that he knew it was fake? Because if not, why did none of the cluster come to him? I, I guess 
I would assume that I, I don't think he knew it was fake or maybe he knew there was a possibility that it was, but he didn't know one way or the other. But I think that they just weren't as close at that point because that happens only like halfway through the season and they're not as like intimate with each other yet at that point. Maybe they didn't realize what was going on because he was drunk and, you know, maybe. there would have been a lot of like disorienting kind of emotions coming from him. So, you know, they just didn't know what was happening <clears throat> or maybe he did know it wasn't fake. I don't know. That's true. Maybe it was like the the level of drunk and him being sort of out of it because, you know, when Riley's sedated, she can't, they can't right. reach her. Right. And if he, and he seemed like he was pretty plastered by that point. Oh. So perhaps he was just so drunk that they couldn't, they didn't know what was going on. They couldn't get anything from him kind of thing. Ah, see, that, that makes me feel a little better because I was like, no one gives a shit about Nobody Lito. cares about Lito. <laughs> Oh my! Speaking of Lido, though, has like one of the best turns turnarounds in the series or yeah. season so far. <laughs> and I just like, can I just say that I adore the Thruple? <laughs> I I love Hernando. Daniela's addition to it is odd. I don't know. I love it. Danny. It's like masturbation material. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all it is. But I just. She's so adorable when she's around them. I don't know. They're so cute together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they are. I like the whole situation. I like that he, like, you know, risks his career to kind of, you know, save Daniela from a very abusive relationship. So yeah. that, you know, power to him. Yeah. And that gave us a nice moment for, you know, Wolfgang to help with the, with that situation. Like Lido helped him get, yeah. you know. Get, get away from his uh, cousin. He did like when when Leto and Will kind of meet each other face to face for the first time, and he's like, "Do I know you?" He's like, "Yes, we had sex." Yeah, he's like, "Whoa, whoa. um, yeah." <laughs> Nobody's like, "Guys, we're on a time schedule. You got to figure this out later." Right. <laughs> I kind of love that when they're when they have like the group like sex scenes. There's no discrimination anywhere. Like, oh, everyone's with everyone. I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's just like a giant across-the-world orgy that also includes any people that <laughs> might be actually having sex with at the time. <laughs> now, that's the thing that I would wonder if, like, becomes an issue, right? Because, you know, Riley and Will, if they end up having sex, won't care, presumably, because they've already all had sex together. Right. Right. Or I don't know if Riley was in that group sex thing. But anyway, it's bound to happen. I think it was only five of them who fully partook in it. Um, because Kala didn't. She was right. she like walked by and didn't actually do anything. I don't think Sun partook no. in it. Um, I don't think Caffius was there either. I don't think he was either. Yeah, I think he was the third. Because I counted them and there was actually only five who are like full on having sex with each other. <laughs> okay, so the others have yet to... To enjoy. They're all like experiencing arousal in their own ways, but like they weren't yeah. like, partaking. <laughs> That's true because we have that great scene of um Caffius watching Claude Van or John Claude Van Damme and he has like obviously has an erection. He's like yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> um But that's gotta be the interesting thing. Like imagine Amanita who knows about everything. Hernando doesn't because, you know, uh, Lido hasn't mentioned I'm seeing things or feeling right. things. 
<laughs> he doesn't disclose that he's either gone insane or has something else really weird going on with him. <laughs> right, but presumably Amanita knows, so... Amanita is just, like, totally on board with oh, it. Oh, true, she's but... <laughs> that's what i'm thinking like omnita wouldn't give a shit like she probably like heard about what happens you know when they all have sex and she's like shit cool (laughs) all right who's with us right now (laughs) (laughs) love it (laughs) so i don't know some people i could imagine being hesitant though yes like kala perhaps (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh man um I can see how that would that that's why I think there there must be a way for them to like control it yeah. to some extent anyways, so that um, you know, those intimate moments don't always have to be shared. Perhaps. Well, and I think we I think there must be too, because we do have the um on the fourth of July scene, uh Nomi and Omnid are having sex, but you know, Will's off enjoying the fireworks with Caffius and Sun, so they're not being drawn into that. So or, yeah, I don't know if that's them controlling it so much or it's just them not knowing right. how to hold it all at that point so they don't know what's going on. <laughs> true, true. Oh, yeah. man, Amida and Nomi are just constantly having sex. I think they have sex at every single one of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's a constant state of being for them. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. Um... I also love the name Amanita. It's like my new favorite name. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. She calls her Neats. Neats. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's pretty much like all the. Well, let's talk about Sun a little bit because we haven't really talked about her story at all. Her storyline makes me upset because <sighs> I don't understand why she went to prison with her brother, for her brother, not with her brother. <laughs> well, no, if only. This yeah. is. That's like. Uh, it's just like the obligation of, that she had to her mother, you know? She was I like, know. I have to protect the family, even though the family treats me like shit. Her brother, her mother is dead, and I definitely think if she knew, like, how shitty the situation was that she was put, like, had been put in, she would not have been like, oh, yeah, go to jail for your brother. That's fine. <laughs> right. No, I don't think so either. And alive. <clears throat> yeah. And it's, it's so upsetting that, like, obviously, Sun has no issues in prison. Like, she's no. fine. But... <laughs> <laughs> and she even has, like, the most adorable cellmates. I love it... them all so yeah. much. Um, and how she, when she first walks in, she's sort of like worried and the older one comes up and just like gives her a double tap on the cheek. Yeah. Like, good job. <laughs> Even though I don't know if they would feel differently if they knew that son actually did nothing, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't respect her as much, you know, for like taking the fall for a man because it seems that like trying to con like a man was like the draw yeah. for them. Like, some of them had killed men, some of them had, you know, she had embezzled from her father, supposedly. You know, so I think that, like, that standing up to the male authority was, like, the draw for them. <laughs> I think so, too. But, um, but it's still cute, and it's so sad when her dad, like, does come around to you. You know, even the lawyer comes and he's like, I've never seen something like this. He's right. admitted to everything. Um, but then, of course, her brother course. kills him. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I saw it coming. Yeah. Like, as soon as the brother came to visit her, I was like, oh, fuck. Yep. <laughs> Killed their father, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, her brother's the absolute worst. He is. He's such a terrible human. Yeah, junkie. <sighs> so we'll see what happens with Sun, but she's still trapped in prison now. She, she is and she isn't, because she can also be anywhere True. the rest of the is. So. <laughs> well, that's kind of like, that must be the cool thing of like, yeah. I imagine it wouldn't be as terrible as just being 
permanently trapped in a shitty place. You can at least. Especially when she's like put in solitary, she's able to escape and just go and do whatever everybody else is doing. (laughs) And take out her frustrations by killing a lot of people. (laughs) She also seems like perhaps she was beating up the wall at the same time because her knuckles get all bloody from the encounter. (laughs) Oh yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Who haven't we really talked about much? You what? But who haven't we really talked about much? I think that's almost... Perhaps we didn't really talk about Kathy as much. Yeah, Kathy is is put in a a tough spot of like, kind of like Sun trying, but in a a positive way. He's also, you know, in a a position because of family, but he wants to um, protect his mother and get her the drugs to treat, you know, her illness and stuff. Um, yeah, I think we're we're to, like supposed to assume she either has HIV or AIDS, and the yeah. medication very expensive and very rare where they're living in Kenya. So he's like doing all these dangerous things essentially to either get the money to buy the medicine or to just do it in, in exchange for the medicine. Yeah, um, it's just like a, a really sad situation, <laughs> knowing that you know there's a lot of people in the world that are in situations like this. It is, yeah, and and I, I think like towards the end we're we're meant to assume that things will kind of like tip in his favor because for a while like even though he was doing you know he decided to work for Kabaka and you know was shuffling around not shuffling shuttling around his daughter um he still was like getting threats like Kabaka chops this guy's hands off in front of him and right oh my god which is crazy underneath his daughter's birthday party or something I don't know (laughs) yeah um, speaking of Caffius, does the actor for Caffius change in the next season? It does. Uh, that's what I'm looking at the IMD page, and he's listed twice, and yes. I was like, <laughs> "So um, I don't know the the inside story of this, but I think around the time when season two came out, it was stated that there was some sort of disagreement between the creators and that actor, oh. and I don't know what what, what that was about. So they get a new one, um, but they do they they do like give a little nod to it. Do they? <laughs> so they don't try to like just outright change it and not mention it. Like just to give you an idea, like I think one of the his his friend there, um, Jala, he uh, says something like, "Man, you look, you look. Did you get a haircut or something? You look quite different, yeah. or, or something like that." Right. So it's kind it's just, of good. Because I really liked his him as an actor. Like I thought Me he that part so well. So it's going to be weird seeing him like Kathy's be played by somebody else. He did. The other the next actor is good too, though. Okay. He's good. You'll get used to him <laughs> over the I don't know what thirteen hours that you'll have to watch him. <laughs> I think it's only twelve episodes at like fifty minutes apiece. <laughs> well, I think actually the first and last episode of next season are like two hours each. Oh. or more because they were released as specials so oh, okay. the first episode was released as sort of like a christmas slash new year special and then the last episode was released as a as a series uh wrap-up because they didn't get a third season oh, okay all right yeah because <laughs> because the series was like fucking expensive to make i guess because they like they weren't playing in sets for the most part. They would travel to every country. 
Well, they could have not done that, I suppose. They could have, yes. But imagine, like, you know, a lot of the scenes they had to film then twice, right? right. So if you were in a place that was, you know, clearly in a different country, they had to do that. If you're in an apartment, I guess they could probably just do that anywhere, but... So, like, you don't have to say anything besides yes or no, but do you think that season two is able to wrap up the series decently since it's kind of done, like, as a rush job? Um, yeah, I think it, I, I, I was pretty pleased with the the way it wraps up. Okay. Yeah, I've only watched season two in its entirety once, so I'd be interested to, it'll be interesting to watch it again. Yes, well, I think that we definitely will because I quite enjoyed season one. <laughs> yes, yeah. But yeah, so we'll have to, uh, in season two, we'll get to find out more about BPO, see what happens with all of these relationships <laughs> and what happens. Um, but yeah, um, were there any scenes, if you could shout out like one scene, what was your favorite scene from the, or maybe two favorite scenes from the series? Oh man, you're going to have to cut out like five minutes of me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple I can mention. Um, all right, you do that while I contemplate. I really liked the scene where they were all singing the Four Non Blonde song, What's Up? Like, what's going on? Because it was like the first time that they all were connected together at once. Yeah. So that was like I a guess, really cool thing. I guess I, I really liked the scene where it, at the, um, where, where Riley is going to see oh. her father perform and like they all kind of show oh. up in the audience and it's like they all get to experience each other's physical births they show like you know them as babies being born and you get the sense that like not only is the sensate remembering their own birth but like all the rest of them in their cluster are like experiencing their physical birth with them and it's like that was kind of a really cool moment <laughs> it is and it kind of like harkens back to another thing jonah said because he said something like you know, my father claimed he could remember his first breath or something yeah. like that. And it's like, ah, they all, at least this cluster can too now, you know? Right. <laughs> Just like, ah, the emotion in that song. Ah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene too that was on the list. Um, I think we have to give a nod to the first collective sex scene. Like, <laughs> you know? Do it, yeah. <laughs> an, an experience. Um, I think when you see um sun like fight through van dan like that was kind of cool like, i think that's the first time where you you actually see one of them take complete control of their body mm -hmm. and he like it's like um the spirit of john club van dan like yeah. like through him he doesn't understand what's happening at that point and he thinks he can do it again and it turns out that he can't right. <laughs> <laughs> not on a whim yeah no <laughs> Which is just like he gives a high kick and falls on his back. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I really like that too. And also, I guess we did that scene happen before Will gets Nomi out of the hospital. I can't remember, but that was pretty cool too when he just like wakes up and he's in Nomi's body and is able to free her. That was cool too. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember which one came first, honestly. Oh, and the fact that. Maybe same episode who knows <laughs> yeah it could be and the fact that amanita like basically told Nomi, like i will burn this place down before they let i let you them touch you and she literally sets fire to the visiting room <laughs> I, and I, I, I still think the funniest scene is when Leto is experiencing menstrual cramps yeah. and 
PMS hormones. (laughs) No, it's like cliche because, you know, they're making him act like in a hysterical way that like, you know, women are supposedly supposed to act like when they're on their period, but it's still funny. (laughs) I could understand what he's feeling. Well, imagine, yeah, I think it's kind of cool to have a nod to those sort of experiences as well. It's not just like thoughts and, and useful skills that you get to share, but like, like imagine one of them gets pregnant and they're they're all going to be having a child. I know. <laughs> together. Oh, my cancer runs in my family. Maybe it's a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> Leto being overdramatic. I know. They have so many good, like Leto, it's kind of cool how like their connections are brought on by like similar thoughts at first. And so like, you know, Leto's mourning his relationship and, and feeling like a coward for, you know, choosing his career over his his partner and right. and who he is and you know that kind of brings Nomi in and they yeah. she should you know she gets to tell her story and stuff it's Seems to motivate him a little bit. many tears were shed during this oh my god I was so surprised by the amount of times I cried watching this like, <laughs> yeah it's emotional <laughs> to be like this emotional like move like show you know like I think was thinking more like sex and action but there's so much emotion to it as well there is yeah it's like a, it's a good combination of those things like it's yeah. everything you could ask for really <laughs> everybody um, will be happy <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah uh, let me how about we read some quotes um okay. Why don't you do that? Because I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I have like too many, so I won't t- take 10 minutes because we're almost to like 50 minutes, I think, of recording or more. Sure. Um, so I'll just, t- I'll just pick the best ones that I can find. Um, I like uh, Jonas says, uh, we all know when people are lying to us. We just don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Um, mm-hmm. Abraham, who they, which is who... Um, uh, Wolfgang and Felix sell the diamonds to says our existence depends on sheer implausibility. Um, Amanita says impossibility is a kiss away from reality. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I like it. this is a funny one when Sun's teacher she's like, you know, trying to do the moves or whatever, and he's like, "You need to focus. You have two minds." And Sun just whispers, "At least." <laughs> <laughs> um, I like when Kala. Kala's aunt comes up to like, give her the sex talk or the night of the wedding talk. And she's like, we have internet. And the aunt says, oh, I knew that thing was good for something. <laughs> and son, when, you know, she's trying to, when Caffius and son are trying to make their big decisions and she just says, I don't understand this. So if you don't mind, I prefer to assume you're a hallucination. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like Amanita when they decide to go in, um, go into that one doctor's apartment. She just says, WWNDD. What, what would Nancy Drew do? <laughs> Which is... they find a Nancy <laughs> in this doctor's apartment. <laughs> I know. They, she first finds that picture of him with Chain, and she's like, he is evil. Oh, but he can't be all bad. <laughs> <laughs> I also love this quote by Wolfgang um, when he's talking about Felix, and he says, he's my brother, and not by something as accidental as blood, by something much stronger, by choice. Yeah, I'm I like, like that. Ugh, talk about like something I feel deep in my core. <laughs> yep. um, let's see. Uh, I also like um, Nomi's quote when she says, the real violence, the violence that I realized was unforgivable is the violence that we do to ourselves when we're too afraid to be who we, who we really are. Yeah. Um, you wrote down a lot of the really good quotes. I did. 
Uh, and then the last one I'll say, just because it was the most annoying of the series, um, <laughs> was when Will's boss says, this isn't a movie or a fucking TV show. I hate it when movies and TV shows bring a quote or a line like that in there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it like automatically pulls me out of the story. Oh, Because okay. you know it's either a TV show or a fucking movie. So you're like, <laughs> I'm out. Sorry. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so I hate that. I think it's supposed to be like a little like fourth wall, like a tap on the fourth wall, like, haha. Right. Um, but I really hate it. <laughs> I don't know that I ever like fully suspend my disbelief when I'm watching movies because I'm one of these people who like I tend to pause movies and shows like once every 10 to 15 minutes to get up and do something <laughs> like constantly interrupting the show myself so i never get to that point where i'm like completely in in the zone <laughs> yeah that's fair <clears throat> but yeah so that's all the quotes i have uh from the show there are many more good ones but i didn't want to write all of them down next time like i think now that i understand like what's happening it'll be a lot easier to take notes next time so i'll i'll write down quotes but by the time i kind of caught up to what was happening i was you know four or five episodes in and i didn't have any notes on the first few episodes so i was like well what's the point of starting now right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. next time i will have write down some quotes <laughs> yeah cool well that, I guess, is the end of our discussion of season one of Sense8. Um, apologies hey. to anyone if it was too long, but it's a <laughs> long-ass series, so <laughs> we need to spend more time. And we have to follow eight characters' backstories, so... <laughs> yeah, and, and we were originally planning on just recording on the first six episodes, but by the time I got to that point, it was just starting to make sense, and it, <laughs> I can't stop now. I don't know what to talk about still yet. So. Yeah, so it makes so we, sense to go with the full season, yeah. But perhaps, like, since you said that the first episode of season two is actually, like, its own independent, like, two-hour Christmas special, maybe we should do that on its own as and, and kind of split this po um, podcast into three podcast episodes about the series. We could. we could. We could. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if next time, um, if we decide to do that, then that will be our next episode up. Um, oh. If not... Uh, who knows? But <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening up to this point. If you do have an idea of something else, if you hate Sensate and prefer us to watch something else, I can't guarantee we won't ever come back to Sensate, but we're willing to step out and talk about something else in the meantime. Um, but that requires that you reach out to us. Um, and you can do that through Twitter at NNO Podcast. Or you can send us an email at navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. And there's a pretty good chance if we don't hear from you that we're going to proceed with season two in some fashion whether it be the whole thing or just the first episode <laughs> next <Yes>. time <laughs> exactly so yeah um thanks again for listening and we will be back next time yep yeah bye, bye. <laughs>